a series of heartwarming and honest stories of people around the world saying goodbye to weed, from the first joint to the very last hit. Discover how lives change and witness individuals coming closer to themselves. They tell their stories to help others. Because one thing is for sure, cannabis withdrawal is not always easy. You're listening to Weed Talks, true stories about quitting weed. I started smoking weed about 30 years ago, around the age of 20. I am 50 now. Immediately, close friends noticed I was being more sarcastic than I had been previously. Jaded. Over it. From the start, I ignored the signs that I was pushing people away. That said, it was the weed that more easily allowed me to be around others. This was the beginning of my over-self-medication for PTSD. PTSD that I didn't even understand I had, and which arose due to a violent and turbulent childhood of traumas that I barely survived. Physical, emotional, and mental traumas inflicted by kids at school bullying me and by my parents' divorce and subsequent remarriages three times over, each to horrible people I didn't like and who didn't like me. Ever since I was ten and my parents first separated, there has been constant displacement in my life. By twenty, I needed weed to calm down the rage within and to help me focus on the now, especially on my creative tasks at work. I worked in an extremely high-profile, high-stress entertainment industry job. On my first day in the business, my boss showed up to work at 6 a.m. and stated, We get high to work. And so we did. And I continued to get high every day, all day, for the next three decades. How I ever accomplished anything or felt at all close to any of my friends is beyond me. Eventually, I ended up completely alone. No career, no job, no friends. No motivation to do anything but sleep and stay completely isolated from people. Paradoxically, the weed that allowed me to be brave enough to socialize now prevented me from doing exactly that. It is extremely sinister in that way. Do not get me wrong. There were many times when medicating with anything else would have destroyed my career much quicker. Weed is an incredibly healing drug for many people and problems. It is certainly better than medicating with alcohol or pills. So, in the back of my mind, I was always proud of myself that I wasn't binge drinking or snorting cocaine on a regular basis to accomplish my daily tasks. However, when I would try to stop, I'd go through the horrifying first 60 days of detox, night sweats and sleeplessness, only to find myself smoking weed again a few months later. I would get thrown by a life event or someone at work and I'd be off to the races again. I never could seem to get on top of it. It kept coming back as a solution to my chaotic, intense life. It helped me feel that my world was being calmed down by the weed. In hindsight, I can now reflect and see how it prolonged everything I was putting off or numbing out by incessantly smoking. Then, my baby sister, the only true friend I had ever known, got breast cancer at a very young age and died at 25. This destroyed me and hit me at the very peak of my success in an extremely competitive industry position in Hollywood. And so, 
I smoked to cope. I smoked to function. Actually, I accomplished many things while using weed. I won a Grammy. I made a feature-length movie about my life story, and with it, I toured film festivals around the world. I was able to book and complete over 300 very high-profile projects, all the while becoming increasingly more isolated. Whenever friends would express their envy at my position in Hollywood, I would distance myself from them even further, eventually losing them all. Looking back, I now deeply regret trying to hold on to friends who didn't care how much I was suffering. None of them seemed to grasp the enormity of the loss of my sister, which happened at a time I was extremely busy at work creating award-winning project after project. They just saw my Hollywood persona and thought, because I had all these incredible things going on, that I didn't actually need real friends. I did, and they were not. As a result of my PTSD, I was never able to secure a proper manager, sales agent, producer, or assistant to help me with my work. I did it all on my own, and the weed carried me through it all, pounding down the emotions I felt for me to concentrate on work. After a few years of me always being unavailable on the weekends, I was often double booked, friends just stopped asking me to do things. So, when I did have time off, I spent it alone, smoking weed. I have yet to experience a serious relationship or intimacy with a true partner in any way. And the longer I stayed isolated and alone, the more weed I smoked to avoid processing this reality. Then, in 2017, people started talking about DMT and psilocybin to treat PTSD. I thought that some of the stories people were sharing about their PTSD sounded quite similar to my story. Three years later, during the lockdown of 2020, I ventured into the world of healing using these two agents. Hearing Mike Tyson on Joe Rogan's podcast talk about his experiences of being reborn from his past after being treated with DMT inspired me. I was fascinated and found someone who specialized in this therapy here in California. During my first session on DMT, I expressed, I just wanted to stop. The therapist asked me, What? The DMT or the PTSD? I exclaimed, The DMT. After the session, we talked at length about this, and I realized, Who am I if I am not this damaged person? The DMT had lifted the PTSD burden off of me long enough to truly feel me underneath it all. And I was a beautiful, true, important, worthwhile, and loving soul. I had been in denial of my self-worth and my true personality because it had been masked for 30 years by constant weed smoking. If I was ever going to find love or experience a healthy relationship, I was going to have to battle this addiction and figure a way out of it for good. It was then I began writing an autobiography about my struggles with PTSD and my addiction to weed. Of course, the book was difficult to write, reliving old traumas and writing them all down to illustrate to my readers the exact nature of my disease was painful and extremely sad. Again, I found myself in a room, isolated, smoking weed to write about being alone and isolated. This was a very painful time to live through, but I stuck with it. And because I did, this book is quite intense. Then I realized that I had to go on social media 
and take it seriously in a way I had never done before. I sat down to video myself discussing my book and just burst into tears. There was no more joy left in me. I was still using weed, and this was now keeping me silent, unable to speak. I had absolutely zero motivation to express myself authentically, to get people excited for my book about abusing weed and ruining my life. Ironic. So I stopped the camera, stood up, and decided this was it. I had had enough. It was time to get weed out of my life for good. I had quit before, but this time was different. I had completely screwed up so much of my life as I had just excavated for my readers in my book, and I now owed it to myself and my readers to stand up and get real. I had to stop smoking weed for good, but quick. This final detox has been absolutely horrendous. The insomnia has been worse than any other time I've tried to quit before. The headaches are ten times worse. The night sweats are ten times worse. It was time to pay the fiddler. I am absolutely dedicated to staying awake and being mindful here and now. I was so mindless about it all for so long that the rage I feel within myself is now, at times, unbearable. I am so angry at myself for missing so much of my life, for sabotaging so many friendships and professional work relationships along the way. This final detox is about forgiving myself not other people, for a lifetime of denial and numbing out. There is a part of me that is scared I won't find love, that it's too late to fix my life. But no sooner than I stopped weed did I begin to reach out to people, one in particular, an old friend I just ghosted after one paranoid weed-induced episode, was very happy to hear from me, and we have rekindled our friendship. I absolutely refuse to back down now. I am demanding of myself that I stay brave and focused on my current task of really allowing myself to shine through and come alive. I will not back down from this. I will overcome this. I will achieve my goal of connecting to a joyful, open, and present life with friends and a partner. Love is the answer. It always was. Not my jobs. Not my awards. Not my career, not my reputation, not my art, not money. Going forward, how I love, who I love, and how I show up for people in my life is all that matters to me now. I simply refuse to not take part any longer. It's time to live. Weed took so much of my life away from me. I'm taking it all back now. Thank you for listening to We Talks. Stay tuned for the latest episodes and subscribe to We Talks on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You can also find us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at We Talks Podcast. Do you have an experience you'd like to share? Your story can help others. Contact us by sending an email to stories at wetalks.com. We hope to see you next time.